Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing great. Hope it's been just one of those, I mean, perfect weekends for you. If, if not, if not, it's all right. There's another weekend coming. There's another one coming. If you didn't like this one, just wait. There's another one coming along, and that is going to be, I bet, it's going to be your weekend. So just hang in there. I mean, but if you were having a bad weekend already, and you came in today, and you found the donuts, you were already feeling better, right? I tell you, our attendance has gone up since we switched to Krispy Kreme. Just want to thank God for Krispy Kreme, and for all of their goodness, and kindness, and sugar. That's what we want to thank them for this morning. Hey, we are glad that you are here. A lot of things are going on on our campus uh, getting started today. I know that we have a, a Thanksgiving time and celebration for all of those who have uh, children, EBK, all the way up to EBY, our EB youth. So if you're a parent with kiddos, we have a special thing tonight at 5 o'clock, and that's going to be awesome. We've got other Thanksgiving events that are going to be going on. Things are, it, it, things are really getting moving now that we hit November. I mean, it, it starts to become the Thanksgiving season, and then we move into the Christmas season. There's always something that's going on, always things that are happening, and so I hope that it is making you be in a good mood, even though it's going to be dark at 2 o'clock today, okay? Don't let that spoil anything for you, all right? Don't let that mess up what is going to be a wonderful it's going to be a wonderful month. It's going to be awesome, and I hope that you're looking forward to this time, this time of year. One Sunday morning, Henry Jones was awakened by his wife, who was shaking him furiously and saying, come on, you've got to get up. We've got to get to church. He said, I, I don't want to go to church. I want to stay in bed. More than a little perturbed, his, his wife demanded, well, just give me three reasons why you don't want to go to church and, and why you think you just need to stay in bed. He said, all right. First, I don't get anything out of the service. Second, I don't like the people there at that church. And third, I really don't think the people there like me. And then he put his wife on the spot. And he sarcastically asked, now, can you give me three reasons why I should get up out of this bed and why I should go to church? She said, all right, first, it will do you some good. I know it's going to do you some good. Second, there are a few people there who do really like you. And third, you're the preacher. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to go. You've you, you got to get up. Now, I don't know if you have ever not wanted to do something that you know you should do. Go to work. Get up and go to school. Go to church. Now, I don't want you to answer that last one, but, but how about this one? Have you ever not wanted to forgive someone? You know you should just let it go. Shake it off. And all those other swifty things. But you can't. You can't forgive. Not only can you not forgive, you, you just don't want to. Or how about your generosity? Have you ever said, I don't really want to give that to him. Or I don't want to give that to her. Or I don't want to give this to them. You know you should. You know that you should share those things that, that you have been given, but you just, you just don't want to. Go to your in-laws for Thanksgiving? No, thank you. Eat vegetables? You've got to be kidding. Listen to Chris's sermon during the week on the podcast that's awesome? Right. 
Sure. Okay, one more. How about be thankful? Anyone here ever not wanted to be thankful? Probably more than we would like to admit. The calendar turns to November and our senses are just flooded with reminders that Thanksgiving is just right around the corner. We see the leaves, they're changing colors, and then they begin to turn loose. The, the temperatures, I, I think, are going to begin to start taking a plunge. It goes up and down, up and down. Hello, Tennessee. Sweet potato casserole recipes are being pulled out of the drawers. Some of us even trudge up into the attic to find those inflatable turkeys to go put out on the yard. And then soon we're going to pack up the family into the car and we're going to drive to, to have a meal with family members that we don't know and really don't even care to know. And in some cases, we don't even like them. All of this pointing to a season of thankfulness. But there's a catch. You don't really want to be thankful. You don't. You're not against the idea in theory, just in practice. You say thankfulness? I mean, really? After the year that I have had? After the news that I have received? After the way that I feel? After, after what happened to my family? After what happened at work? After what went on at school? After what God let happen? Everyone around, everyone around me just oozes thankfulness. And I know I should be thankful. It's November and Thanksgiving is coming. And I know I should be. But not today. Not today. I don't want to be thankful. Instead of thanks to God, maybe your words echo the thoughts of Psalm 102. It's a psalm in your Bible that's identified not by author or historical background, like the majority of the psalms are. You, you, you know, when you open up your Bible and it has the, the heading there of whatever that, that psalm is, Normally underneath, it'll tell you who is thought to be the author or, or what the condition was, the setting, the historical background. But this particular psalm is only introduced by life situation. The life situation in which the prayer was to be used. It says Psalm 102. A prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament to God. Maybe this is your prayer. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let me cry for help. And let that cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Don't turn your ear from me. When I, when I call, answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. I groan aloud and I am reduced to skin and bones. I forget to eat my food. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I'm like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I, I lie awake. I become like a bird alone on a roof. All day long my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse for for I eat ashes as my food and, and mingle my drink with tears because of your great wrath. For you have taken me up and you have thrown me aside. And my days are like the evening shadows and I wither away like grass. Sometimes. 
You just don't want to be thankful. Have you ever had those times where you forgot to eat? Now, I know for a lot of us, you say, well, you can look at me and, and, and know that I don't, that never happens. But there have been those moments, I bet, for some of you in your life, where because of the situation that was going on, food would not satisfy. Not only would food not satisfy, there seemed to be nothing that was going on at that moment in your life that would take away the hurt, that would take away the pain, that would take away whatever it is that you were focused on. It was a, a child who was ill. It was a, a job that all of a sudden the, the requirements for you changed like this. It was a situation that you did not anticipate, you did not see coming. And sometimes you just don't want to be thankful. There's a young man in our Bible that understood this perhaps better than you or I. Joseph's story takes up 14 chapters at the end of the first book in your Bible. And you can actually read about the life of Joseph from beginning to end, from start to finish. You can read about it in even less than an hour. But it might be wiser for us to actually spread out that reading over a couple of decades, lest we get the impression that everything that happened in Joseph's life happened before breakfast. His was a life of challenge. His was a life of disappointment. He was doted on by his father, but he was despised by his brothers. He endured slavery and imprisonment. He enjoyed success, but also experienced loss. He was forgotten, but then he was exalted. His life was a yo-yo of, of good and bad, of, of exaltation, and in, of just life being in the pit. But through it all, his faith in God's faithfulness just continued to grow stronger. And his life is a master course in trusting in God's provision. And I think it provides us a little bit of a glimpse of how we are to be thankful even when we don't want to be. And so this morning, I want us to focus in on an event that occurs about midway through Joseph's story. And I, I do this intentionally because I think more often than not, the individuals that we come in contact with and the people that, that we cross paths with, we normally cross their path, not at the beginning of some type of difficulty, not at the end of a calamity, but right there in the middle. Right there in the middle where, where we don't understand the difficult circumstances that they are dealing with, but they have been in it for a while, and all of a sudden we run up on them, or guess what, they are running up on you. More often than not, the person who walked into the lobby this morning or the person that will walk into your life this week is already right in the middle of their own problem, their own pain, or their own predicament. And they are, in fact, just like you and me and, and all of us, just like Joseph, all of us waiting on God. We're waiting on God to give. We're waiting on God to help. We're waiting on God to heal. We're waiting on God to answer. And friends, it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful when you're waiting on God. While you're waiting for the job. While you're waiting for the child. While you're waiting for the pain to stop. While you're waiting for the tears to go away. So I want you to go easy on that man or woman who doesn't seem too fired up about turkey and dressing right now. Now, I want you to go easy on that person who will tell you, I hate it when the time changes. I hate it when it starts getting dark early. I want you to go easy on that person that, that you don't know what has brought them along your path. And you don't know what they have been dealing with. And then also, I want you to go easy on yourself. I want you to go easy on yourself. Give yourself a break because sometimes while we wait, we just don't want to be thankful. 
Genesis chapter 40. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to, to open there. We're just going to refer to some different things that happen right here in the middle of Joseph's story. But Genesis chapter 40 is a great place for us to start. Joseph has been in prison for refusing the advances of his boss's wife. Now prior to this, he had spent probably about a decade overseeing the affairs of a man by the name of Potiphar. He learned Egyptian and he had to supervise the servants. He was doing all of his master's bidding while all the time trying to avoid his master's wife's advances. He was waiting for whatever would, would come next. He was not in his home. He was in a strange place, a strange country with strange customs, and he was waiting for whatever just would come. And well, what came next to him or for him was prison and more waiting. And while in shackles, Joseph asked a fellow prisoner who was being set free, a man who had once been a servant to the Pharaoh of the land. And Joseph said, well, you put in a good word for me the next time that you were there in the presence of Pharaoh. And we can almost see him as he begins to walk out of the cell saying, sure thing, I'll remember you, buddy. No problem. I've got your back. First chance I get, I will speak your name to Pharaoh. A day passes. And then a week goes by. One month ends up turning into six. And Joseph is just there. And he's waiting in prison. And he would continue to wait. Because once the other man was released, we are told that he forgot all about Joseph. Never giving him another thought. And that's how chapter 40 ends. Joseph forgotten in prison and waiting. I can remember being a kid and being so excited when school was going to start. Because when school started, that meant that football season was right there around the corner. And I wasn't really excited about school, but I was really excited about, about football. But then once I got into school, I couldn't wait until school was out. Kind of the same for football. Once I got into football, I was like, man, when is this going to end? And then I couldn't wait to fall in love and... They couldn't wait to get married and then couldn't wait to, to have kids. And you know what that's like, right? Those times where it's like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. So many of our teens who are sitting down just right here beside me, man, they can't wait for the next thing that's going to happen. Those who are in college right now can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And many of you, you're just sitting here and you're waiting, you're waiting. I know the Robertsons, they're waiting on two puppies right now. Right, Johnny and Janice Robertson, they are waiting for two puppies. They are so excited. They are posting on Facebook. These are grandparents, y'all, posting on Facebook about puppies. They can't wait. They're excited. But they're having to. And so we all, we wait in traffic, and we wait for meetings, and we wait for automated checkouts, and we wait at doctor's offices, and man, we wait at restaurants. There are actually five different waits when you go to a restaurant. You wait to get a seat. You wait to get a menu. You wait to order. You wait to get your food back. You wait for the check. And then they have the audacity to call the person that brings you the check the waiter. No, you are the waiter. All right? And so today, if you go out to lunch after we are done, and they bring you that bill, and then they ask if you would like to leave a tip, your response is going to be, I should get the tip. Because I'm the one that's been waiting, right? Right? We're the waiters. It's hard to be thankful while you're waiting. But the good news is that we don't have to wait alone. And that is something to be thankful for. Let me show you what I mean. 
So chapter 40 ends with Joseph forgotten and waiting in prison. But if you go back up to the ending of chapter 39, that's where this story about Joseph being in prison actually begins. Here's what we read. As the prison doors were swinging shut, we read that the Lord was with Joseph. In fact, five different times in chapter 39, a chapter that details Joseph being trafficked, enslaved, falsely accused, and imprisoned, we are told that Joseph was not alone because the Lord was with him. But I know that goes against all of our senses. Something doesn't seem right with that assessment. Because we hear Joseph's story and we say, well, if the Lord was with him, he would not have been in prison. He, he would have a better relationship with his family. I mean, if the Lord was with him, his brothers would not have sold him. He would not have been taken from his home. He would not have lived as a slave. He would not have been forgotten. If the Lord was with him, none of those things would happen. Because in our theological economy, God's presence equals no problems, no partings, and no pain. That's what we think. And that's why when we experience hardships, and then our theology about God doesn't match the reality with God, we begin to spiral. And we begin to conclude that, well, God must not be present, because if God was present, then I would not be in my current condition, which is out of control, which should be so much better if God were actually here. And yet the story of Joseph makes it very clear. In your life, you can be in the pit, you can be in the valley, you can be in the darkest moments, but God is still right beside you. Your life can be in the pit and God can still be right there. So David asked in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit and where can I run from you? And then he begins to list the various places where he found God. In the heavens, in the grave. He says, if I will rise with the sun in the east and settle in the west beyond the sea, even there you are going to guide me. David's assessment was that God is everywhere. And you know, Joseph could have written something that could have been a little similar. Joseph could have said, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the bottom of a dry pit? If I'm standing on the top of a slave block? If I go to the home of a foreigner, if I'm in the inner rooms of a prison, even there, you will guide me. And here's the deal, friends. You and I can write something similar. Where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the ICU, you are there. If I'm in the rehab clinic, you are there. If I'm in the unemployment office, you're there. If I'm in the women's shelter, you're there. If I'm in the courtroom, you're there. No matter where I go, your hand will guide me. Friends, you fill in your own blank. Where is it that you know that you are going this week? Where is it that you know that you are currently residing that you need to be able to say, where can I go from your spirit? And then remind yourself, God, you are here. It's a comforting thought that no matter where we go in this life, God is there. You see, God's presence brings peace, not perfection to our lives. If you're looking for perfection, you are going to continually be disappointed. But if you're looking for peace, God says, well, I can do that. And I will do that. And it's why in your New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that the result of telling God what you need 
is not so that you can get what you want, but so that you can experience God's peace. And so remember this, you will never go where God is not. You will never go where God is not. Later today, this next week, this next year, God is going to be there. Just like Joseph, God will be with you. And I want you to let that thought bring you peace, and I want you to allow it to give you something to be thankful for. Even though this morning you might have walked in and said, but I don't feel thankful. I just don't feel thankful. Because nothing is going as I intended for it to. You're not alone. Joseph's story is very similar. Nothing about his life was going the way that he imagined or dreamed that it would when you look at everything from the very beginning of, of his narrative. The plot is not unfolding the way that he imagined. And yet, we find him being faithful to God in the midst of waiting. He said, well, Chris, how do you know that he was faithful? How do you know that, that through everything that he was going through, that he still kept his faith in God and his trust was there? Well, after two years... Two years after he had been told by the guy in prison, hey, I'll remember you and, and, and I'll speak your name to Pharaoh. Two years after that, word comes that Pharaoh has requested to see him. You see, Pharaoh is having some trouble sleeping due to some very uncomfortable dreams. And, and, and so his butler, the same guy that, yes, had forgotten about Joseph, says, whoa, 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 whoa. You're having problems with dreams. I remember now that there was this guy when, when I was back and, and you, had, you had put me in, in, in prison. When, when I was there, I met this guy. What was Joseph? That was his name. And, and he was able to tell me about a dream that I was having. I bet he can interpret your dreams. And so Pharaoh, in his frustration, calls for a slave and asks for help. Now, guys, Joseph has been waiting two years for Pharaoh's servant to remember him. Two years. That 730 lines on a cell wall, if he was ticking them off. That 17,520 hours of listening for God and yet hearing nothing but silence. And during that time, it would be plenty of time to grow bitter and to become cynical and to be angry because people who have had to go through less and people who have had to wait on God for a shorter amount of time well, they've given up. And yet Joseph emerged from his prison cell bragging on God because after he cleaned himself up and after Pharaoh had said, hey, I understand that you can tell me about the dreams that I am having, Joseph's response was, it's beyond my power to interpret your dreams. But God can. God can tell you what it means and he can set you at ease. Here's a guy that for two years had been left and forgotten, and yet when he gets out of the cell, the first thing that he says is, God can. God can. Time in the dungeon did not deviate his faith. It deepened it. And I just have to wonder about us. You know, you may not be in prison, or maybe you are. But you may be inactive. You may be infertile. You may be insecure or in limbo or you may be in between jobs or in search of health or 
in search of help or just in search of a house. You're in the midst of a difficult time. And it may be beyond your power to understand anything about your present condition, but God can. Allow him to tell you what it means and to set your heart at ease. That phrase there, set you at ease. In the original writing, the word that is used there is shalom. And maybe you have heard that it is translated oftentimes as peace. But it actually conveys the idea of completeness and wholeness of health and welfare. Shalom means that all is well. And so we have peace. And isn't that what you need to hear God say this morning? That no matter what is going on in your life, you need for God to say, I am here and all is well. No matter where your here is. God is here and all is well. Will you say that out loud with me this morning? God is here and all is well. God is here and all is well. God is here and all is well. In your chaotic and divided home, say it with me. God is here and all is well. In your toxic work environment, God is here, all is well. In the prison that is your mind, God is here, all is well. In your lonely apartment, God is here, all is well. In the middle of a sleepless night, God is here, and all is well. Friends, in the valley and on the mountaintop, in the seasons of plenty and want, during pain and loss, during addiction and depression, during all the things that make up whatever it is that your life is, there is a reason to be thankful. God is here, and all is well. Father, can we say thank you this morning for this truth? And may it be a truth that we have on our lips, not just here in this room, but as we go home, as we go into the classroom, as we go back to the office, as we go to the hospital, as we are riding through town, as we are thinking about things that are going to be happening during this coming week, this coming month, this next year. You are here, and all is well. As we say it out loud, it begins to chip away at some of the bitterness. It begins to chip away at, at some of the, the hurt that we have. And it allows small glimpses of thankfulness to be able to break through. Father, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain in this world. There is anger. There is hatred. There is war. There is killing. Father, there is abuse and there is neglect. There is addiction. 
Father, there are people who are being forgotten. There are people who are being left out. There are people who are being excluded. So many things that just bring us to tears. It brings us to our knees as we look around and, and we see things that are going on in our society. And then we just look in our own family life. And, and we, see, we see the hurt and, and we see oftentimes injustice. Father, there is just sometimes this, there's this knot that's in our stomach as we think about things that we have to do and things we have to say, conversations that we're going to have to get in even later on today. But Father, you are here and all is well. And so today, as a church body, we have come to give you thanks. We have come to say thank you for the fact that you have never left us alone, even though sometimes we have not sensed you. Father, we have come here today to say thank you for the fact that peace that passes all of our understanding that we can have any concept of can still be present in our life in the midst of the chaos Father, we've come today as friends and as strangers to say thank you for not leaving us alone, for seeing us in our day-to-day walk, and for saying that you want to walk with us. You are here, and all is well. So, Father, as we close out this time, may we close it out with perhaps a little more thankfulness in the way that we came in, understanding that you are here and all is well. It's in the name of Jesus that we say thank you. Amen. Church, it's been great being able to be here for these few minutes with you today. And I hope that as we have been here this morning, that I hope that our time together has been something that will encourage you to, to be a worshiper of God tomorrow to be someone who speaks the name of Jesus tomorrow because of what you've experienced here today. This last week, uh, my family and I, we went to um, a restaurant here in town that uh, I hadn't been to in a long time. Some of you um, know that uh, in St. Elmo and Udawa, there's this restaurant called 1885 Grill. Well, when we were living in Flintstone, we drove by the 1885 Grill a lot, didn't always have time to stop. We were usually on our way someplace and had to get there and we were in a hurry and usually we would call and order a Mr. T's pizza and slide through and grab that and eat it in the car as we went and didn't have a lot of time especially as the kids were growing up to get those sit down meals like that but some friends of ours were coming into town and they were going to be on that side of Chattanooga. We didn't want them to have to come through all of the traffic mess that's going on. By the way, a great thing for you to say as you're driving next week, God is here, all is well, okay? There's a reason why we have these lessons, folks. There's a reason. But since they were going to be on that side of town already, we said, hey, why don't you come and meet us? There's this restaurant we haven't been to in a while, 1885 Grill. Now, you've noticed here that sometimes I wear glasses now for, for reading and stuff, and, my, and they're really helpful, and I really enjoy that. But it's just a reminder that I'm getting older, a reminder that I can't see. And, but I usually just use them here. And so I went into 1885, and the, um, the lighting was down low because they want to make it a nice little setting, and I could not read the menu. Okay, I could not see it. I didn't have my glasses. Couldn't see it. This nice waitress walks up and says, would you, love to, would you like to hear the special? I'm like, I would love to hear the special because I can't read what's on the menu. So she tells me about the special and, and how that it comes in this bowl and how there is rice and there is this habanero chipotle spicy sauce that is poured over some thinly sliced ribeye steak with some 
grilled shrimp also there with some vegetables and peppers in, in the bowl. And I'm listening to that thinking, man, that sounds delicious. I'm so glad I can't see. Because that's what, that's what I'm going to order. And I did. And I ordered it. And I brought it. And it was this big bowl. And, and I sat there and I, I savored every bit of it because it was so good. Not only was it so good, our, our waitress, man, she was so attentive and she was bringing sweet tea and she was filling up water glasses and, and, and then she started talking about the desserts and how you could have this bread pudding that is covered in like a pecan pie on top with caramel sauce and, 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 and ice cream and she's talking about all that and we're like, we'll take that and we're going to take some of that um, key lime pie that just came by. That looks great. Man, it, it is awesome and, and we were enjoying this whole experience. Experience. And we're sitting there and, and we're eating and, and we're ordering more and we're just enjoying everything. And, and then a little bit later, this gentleman walks up and he says, you guys have had such a good time here tonight. We can tell you guys have really enjoyed yourselves. We're going to give you, we're, we're going to give you a, um, a free appetizer for the next time that you come. Man, what a great place. What a great experience. And then we kind of, as we were thanking him, we looked around and we realized we were the only people in the restaurant. The restaurant had closed 20 minutes ago. And that was the nicest way that I've ever been told to leave somewhere. And so I said, you know what? These guys are so nice. I'm going to tell everybody Sunday to go to 1885 Grill because of the experience. It was awesome. It was. It was really great. I hope you go there. I get nothing back from it. I want you to go to 1885. And I want you to go and talk about it. But more than that, I would love it if you left this place here today and you talked about your experience here. I would love for you this week to talk about how, hey, I heard this message this week when I was with my church community. How that God is here and all is well. Because there's somebody that's going to need to hear that this week. There's someone that's going to need to be reminded of that. And while you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, boy, some, some, some sliced steak and some chipotle sauce and some grilled shrimp, and boy, all that sounds delicious. What you need even more is to know that God is here and all is well. God is here. All is well. And maybe before we leave this morning, you perhaps need to Maybe you need to come before this church body saying, you know what, I've been unthankful, I've been ungrateful for all the experiences that I've enjoyed with God, and I really need this church body to be in prayer for me, and I want people to know that. Or maybe you want to come this morning saying, you know what, God is here and all is well, and I want to be baptized into Christ because of his goodness and because of his grace and because of his mercy, because I want to be able to go, I want to go and share what I've experienced with others. Maybe you'd like to just have time in private. We've got one of our shepherds, one of our elders that'll be in our prayer room located just outside in our lobby if you'd just like to have some time to talk about maybe something that's very personal to you that the message or our time together has brought up for you. Friends, sure, go out to 1885. Have a great time. Tell them that I sent you. Maybe I'll get something new and free the next time I go. Who knows? But more than that, go tell people this week, God is here, all is well. Let's stand and give him praise.